there, and welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the dang time, so we decided to record it. Today we're going to be talking about Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, the radio play, episodes 6 through 10. But first, Peyton, how are you doing? I am doing... Peachy King, I've just been hanging out of Publix the whole week. We've actually, I've actually gotten some decent hours. A um, lot of fun stuff happens at Publix, trust me. Um, my brother came down, Taylor came down from New Hampshire last weekend for a visit. Uh, so we got to see him on Sunday after scalloping for the weekend. Awesome. And he... Yeah, he and his friend rented a house in Tampa, like a mansion. It literally felt like something you would see on like Naboo or something like that. It was just gorgeous. The there was like a pool, lazy river, a bunch of waterfalls and caves and all sorts of shanikins. There was a freaking ball in the alley. Um <laughs> That's I, had, crazy. I had I had way too much fun. I don't want to I don't want to get into details, but I had way too much fun. <laughs> um, how, how, how you been doing i'm doing all right uh i uh i ran into some trouble today uh oh boy i was supposed to start uh doing some instacarting tonight uh today uh-huh. and i go through my morning routine check of like mm-hmm. uh you know when you pat yourself down and it's just like phone yeah. keys wallet and i check the wallet because something made me want to check my wallet and mm-hmm. uh sure enough my debit card wasn't there oh boy uh and i remembered that zoe was playing with my uh with my wallet last night and so mm-hmm. i looked all over this house Everywhere. did you find it nope mm-hmm. couldn't find it i ended up having to drive all the way to uh my bank and the, and the yeah, college no kid at the front desk goes oh Bummer, our card making thing doesn't work. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, he did it in that sing he did it in that sing songy voice. Yes. And he literally said God. bummer. I hear that voice all the time when people are like when we got the people that do the intercom and the call date managers up. Mm-hmm. Peyton Short, front office, please. Peyton Short or Mr. Short, front office, please. Not that, not that I'm ever called, but, you know, right. it's that sing-songy, annoying voice. Well, that sucks. Did you ever get... So you didn't get your debit card? Uh, no, I had to go and get go and make a new one. Best hope Zoe didn't eat it. <laughs> Does well, she eat things? Uh, no. She likes to chew on <laughs> things, but she doesn't usually, like, full-on Munch, eat them but- until they disappear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I got some news, some Star Wars news. Ooh, lay it on. Um, well, first of all, so last Friday it was announced that the concept art book for The Mandalorian season two will drop this December. So that's interesting because we usually get if you read one of those concept art books, you get to see like concepts of deleted material that right. never made it into anything and. The concept arts for The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker were actually pretty cool because it showed you a lot of stuff that they had planned, um, but they just didn't do. 
there was an insider article. I think I linked it on our page about an actor, one of the actors that played one of the X-Wing pilots in Mandalorian and how he got the job. Um, I forgot the name of the actor and the name of the character. I know one of the guys, his um, his actor name, and you'll love this, Trapper Wolf. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, some people have actually thought about whether or not if he's actually a son of Commander Wolf, who was <laughs> a clone. Wow. Um, he sounds nothing like a clone, obviously, but you know, interesting concepts. Um, I know visions drop on Wednesday. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Uh, yeah. I am planning on having a watching party with uh -huh. uh, some local friends. I th uh, from the hubbub on the internet, I wouldn't mind talking about each of these episodes individually. But the big news I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah. Rise. What? What? I'm just excited for the big news. Okay. Star Wars: <laughs> Rise of the Resistance no longer has a virtual queue. As of yesterday, it has been paused. We have a traditional standby queue, people. You guys don't have to worry about fretting about using Disney's faulty technology. I've I've known some people that have had major issues with the app and not been able to get a slot. Um, now, I've read some comments on Facebook. People are already complaining about this. Honestly, don't complain whether or not this was standby queue or not. <sighs> but I looked at the first two days. So yesterday, when the park opened at 9 a.m., it kicked, it kicked off with a whopping 150-minute wait. Good God. And it, and it shot up to 180 minutes within 30 minutes. But then it dropped from 180 back to 150. Then it went to two hours. Then it hovered around uh, 105, 95, 75, 65. And um, it ended at 45 minutes around 8 p.m. And today, I've never, I never saw it go over the, the two-hour mark at all today. Highest I saw was 105, and it remained at 95 for most of the day. And then maybe about an hour and a half ago, I saw it at 50 minutes. Um, I haven't seen any temporarily closed messages for today. I know it closed temporarily three times yesterday. But it seems to be running very smoothly, unless they're not using all the technology if they have some things in B mode instead of A mode. But what are your thoughts on this? I think that this is going to be a good push uh, for more Galaxy's Edge stuff. And I hope uh, one. Like an expansion? I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, like, hopefully, it, like, it'll keep up enough like here here Does would be my favorite goal my fa my end goal would be to get it back to get galaxy's edge back to what it was when it opened which was just a big larp like be mm -hmm. able to uh talk to all of the uh, disney employees and because mm -hmm. they've all worked so hard 
They work, they have uh, like they yeah. have their own characters. They, they have do. like and their own their, backstories. Exactly, and like well, I, they worked really hard, and it's such a good crucial part. It of is going there, and like right. This is well, I mean, I think the uh, the Galactic Stargazers will be a big help in that larping. I agree, um, and that will probably be the biggest expansion we see for a while. Um, but what is the motive behind uh, Stand by Q? Do you think? You think this is a test to see how much they can get away with charging people for fast passes? Mm. I mean, because they also they also just announced that Rise of Resistance will be available for thirty uh, for the early access for resort guests. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is thirty. Um, so it used to be, you know, if. I guess the time would range between different days of the week, depending on the resort. But now, across all resorts, all the uh, all the resorts will have a thirty-minute window before um, the park opens. Now, some people have already made comments about this, saying it's really not worth it. But you know, how how could you tell us it's not worth it when you haven't even tried? And the funny thing is, a lot of these people are naysayers that don't give a crap about Star Wars. They get a virtual... These are people that got the virtual queue just because they could. And they get on the ride, and they give like a lackluster perform, um, evaluation. Because to them, it doesn't fit the, their bill. Right. The technology doesn't, doesn't wow them. I don't care if the technology doesn't wow them. You don't need to be blurting out stuff like that when there are you know thousands of people that have not ridden this attraction and are probably so excited that they might have a better chance of riding it without having to fight on the virtual queue. People right. from Iowa, from Boston, you know, all these people come down. Parents, kids, so excited to ride this new attraction. Parents don't know how to work the app. Kids are disappointed. Come on, people. I know you're Florida residents or annual pass holders like us, but that does not give you the right to, you know, do whatever it is you do to make yourself feel better about what you think Disney is not doing right. Mm. <sighs> mm. I, I feel like if, if we continued with this, um, we'd be here all night yeah i feel like we're just uh, at this point we're just getting butthurt about it all right let's yeah. move on to the main event unless you got do you have anything i have absolutely nothing uh okay. i've just been i haven't been looking at any other news other than uh uh other than the reviews of uh star wars visions uh oh. actually that's not true so i've been doing a lot of math <laughs> so math. Math. Are you trying to build yourself a lightsaber? So I'm trying to find the best deal, not just for me, but for well, for me, uh, but for all of our listeners. So yeah. here, here's where the rub is. Um, the rub is that NeoPixel is the new thing. Now, uh, NeoPixel is literally putting a. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, a whole computer. A, a computer the size of a thumb drive into a lightsaber hilt so that you can control high definition sound, uh, a much 
uh, like as accurate of an accelerometer and a, and a gyrometer as in an <laughs> iPhone in your lightsaber. Max, you're, I think you're using a lot of big boy words here. <laughs> so, uh, so the point is it, it, it's really good news and it used to be much more expensive than it is. So even but, with the silicon shortage, uh, there is a new king, a uh, uh, new king of the hill, of what computer is going in lightsabers. The new one. But how does that? How does that work out with people that need like a hilt stripped, like me? Um, there are a number of people on uh, different Facebook groups, uh, custom lightsaber Facebook groups, and there are actually a number of builders on Etsy that do custom work and charge uh, less. Uh, for for the about the same amount, and that's the oh. thing I'm getting to. So like, because the new chipset that everyone is using, the new computer that everyone's using is called Golden Harvest. Yeah, uh, because Profi boards are a, uh, used to be a dime a dozen, and now they're like 120 bucks a pop because they can't make them anymore uh, because of the shortage. Now this Golden Harvest. Everyone has. Literally, Saberforge has. Uh, you mm. can uh, Saberforge, and um, I'll pull them up. Everyone actually. except for Ultra Sabers. Everyone except Ultra Sabers. So we've got the Custom Saber Shop, Saberforge. Uh, we can uh, list these on Facebook too. Verso, Bendu Armory, the Pock Store, Sab uh, Saber Armory again, Corbanth. Space junk sabers, solo sabers. I'm telling you, everywhere has these, and it's not expensive. Uh, not as expensive as it used to be. This used to be an $800 and up job. Oh, boy. Now, I can get a brand new hilt, fully installed with NeoPixel, with a $100 NeoPixel L full, fully functioning LED blade for less than $575. Mm -hmm. That might be a good birthday present. That is huge. That is very huge. That is half the price it was two years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Uh, and more things are coming out that are more useful with it. People are coding, uh, like twiddling and fiddling with the software, and then putting it up wow. for free online. <laughs> the, now is the time to get a fancy lightsaber. Oh right. Anyway, I'm, this is the pitch I'm using on my wife later. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Hey. Maybe you can help me out too. Um, but speaking of lightsabers, I think it's time for the main event. Indeed. The, we have the, the second half of Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back radio play. Mm. Starting with episode six, Way of the Jedi. So tell, uh, tell us, Max, uh, where does this episode pick up? I don't know. Okay. I listened to well, all of The Empire Strikes Back as if it was one show. There wasn't any okay. in indicators. So we open up in, uh, this episode with Luke and R2 flying into Degba. And... You know, it's pretty much almost the same opening, you know, shot from the film. Um, you know, Luke lands, he R2 gets 
attacked by the dragon snake, it spits out. Um, love the extra dialogue here between Luke and R2. It's just so fun. You know, Luke talks to R2 like he's just a human being. You know, we love it. Um, next, we got Vader having contact with the Emperor for the first time. And this is not Ian McDiarmid, folks. This is a fellow named Paul Hecht. Although he's not named until episode, I mean, until Return of the uh, Jedi. But Max, what are your thoughts on this Emperor? I, uh, I really like him. Uh, I think he, uh, I think the, the differences of the character that I picked up on were, uh -huh. um, uh, not necessarily character choices. Like, it's hard to explain. Uh, like, uh -huh. it was, it was as if the actor was told to do something different than Ian McDermott. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? What? Yes, it does, but I don't know when this was actually recorded because um, Ian McDiarmid didn't do Palpatine for the original Empire Strikes Back film. Oh, yeah, you're a, right. It was a different voice, and then when they re released the uh, DVD set in 2004, um, not, not the 1997 re-release, I'm talking the 2004 DVD release, they tweaked a couple things. That's where... Um. Oh, what's the guy that plays Django Fett, Boba Fett, Morrison? The um, new one? That's where he. Yeah, that's where he comes in as Boba. They re-recorded his lines as Boba for the 2004 re-release, and they reworked Palpatine's dialogue and had Ian McDiarmid dub it for Empire Strikes Back because in the original film. Um, they don't mention Anakin Skywalker in the hologram. They never say, because, you know, in, in the new edition, Palpatine says, I have no doubt that this boy is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. They don't say that in the original film. Right. I mean, I think they mentioned Skywalker, but they played it as if Skywalker was a different person altogether than Vader. Right. As, no, as nobody knew Vader was Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, at all at that point. Um, but no, I mean, I like Paul Hecht as the Emperor. I don't like him quite as much as McDormand, but he's doable. Now, our next visitor on the show, on this, in this radio drama, um, we got some thoughts on him. Um, he is the Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I <laughs> I kind of liked the voice when I was younger, but the more and more I listen to it, it's it's <laughs> it's goofy. It's even worse in Episode Six or Return of the Jedi, rather, because all you're hearing is a sick Yoda. Or sick cookie monster. <laughs> um, but I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I I think that again with this one, like with the Emperor, you could I could feel that the director wanted something different. In the same way that like the nuanced differences between Mark Hamill and the radio plays and Mark Hamill in uh the films. Like uh in uh, in the movies is like a director's choice. Um, mm -hmm. 
I mean, I like Mark a lot better than this one. I think he's more sure of himself. Not that he wasn't sure of himself before, yeah. but you could just tell that he's gotten to that mature point. Um, and that brings me to my frustration with the next drama that Mark did not reprise his role for that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, busy man. That, he's got he, stuff to do, he, apparently. Yeah. Well, he does. Um, I don't know if you heard Jedi yet, but you will. I have um, not. It's only a three-hour runtime, or maybe less, with all that music cut out. Um, six. So it's only six episodes total. Okay. Um, but do you have any thoughts on like the expansion of this episode? I really like the additional lines. Um. For for Yoda, I feel like we got so little Yoda in the movies that mm-hmm. anything else from him. In the same way with Obi Wan, like we got like a ton more lines from uh from Obi Wan in A New Hope, and so like it was able to mm-hmm. expand our definition of the word Jedi right. so but much more. Got, but we still got a lot of Obi Wan stuff from the prequel films, right? Not that we didn't get a lot of Yoda stuff from the prequel films, but we still don't. We never get enough Yoda in any of the films. I I'm upset with this Yoda because he leaned more on the Muppet side of Frank Oz <laughs> and not the Yoda side of Frank Oz. Uh-huh. And so like it takes. Oh, cannot get your ship out. <laughs> yeah, that crap. Are you are you kidding me right now? Like <laughs> this is like. If you told me, if you took that audio out and you put it mm-hmm. in the Muppet movie, I could not tell you what <laughs> character just said something, but absolutely it was a Muppet. So, like, it takes the teeth out of it. Like, I get that he's supposed to be meek and small yeah. yet powerful, and, but, like, right. they went too meek, too small, too funny. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and yeah, especially with the um, with the extra dialogue he throws in there, like... um. Who's at my window? Aren't you detailed? Let's destroy. You know, things like that. And then we, the sounds he makes when he's eating his breakfast. Well, except it needs. Oh, boy. <gasps> um, I mean, mm. even episode seven, New Allies, New Enemies, which focuses on our introduction to Lando Calrissian. Yes. Um, which I have nothing to say about him. He's beautiful. Billy D. Williams, beautiful actor. Now, um, I love the expanded definition of Cloud City. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know we anything don't, about Cloud City. No. We don't, we don't. see we don't we, see any extras. We don't see like literally the only other characters we see are like two to four of uh the cloud cars. The, the cloud cars we see uh billy d williams's entourage of, like of like two to four guardians and like th- yeah the rest of it is stormtroopers yeah. like and, we, and, we, and then the character of lobot which we never get in the film at all um he had a couple scenes that were cut but we get a lot more in here not much more but we get a lot more in here in, in here you know um I mean, I, I just feel like this version of the events on Cloud City, all, leading up to the rest of it, are a lot more... I mean, they're darker. They give you the sense of 
suspense. I mean, if you are a first-time listener to this, never watch the films, you would be on the edge of your seat, I'm telling you, with this. So, do you have any thoughts on the voice of Boba Fett? It was uneventful. Yeah, really. I mean, but, like, I mean, he was uneventful in the first movie, the first, uh, like, mm-hmm. in the movie anyway, to me. Right. He, his, de- the, the cool thing was his physical design, because mm-hmm. he was, he had too much detail. In anime, like, the, it's a joke in anime that, like, mm-hmm. the protagonists have neon colored hair, but everyone else has, mm-hmm. like, black or brown hair. So they'll mm-hmm. take a picture of like a middle school classroom and they'll be like, guess the main character. And one character has like lime green hair. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. one. It's like mm-hmm. Boba Fett had too much going on for us. And yeah. so like the re- the audience picked up and was like, somebody worked really hard on him. I want to see yeah. what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, episode eight, Dark Lord's Fury. Or actually, is there anything else you want to mention about episode seven? Um, the uh, for those of our, for those of our audience that are not going to listen, uh, like to the radio plays. Granted, they're several hours long, and you're listening to a podcast, an hour long podcast, to tell you if it's good or not. I we highly suggest all of these radio plays. Yes, we really do. Even though we 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 harp on Cookie Monster Yoda. And, and at that point, it's fun to listen to just to just to rip <laughs> yeah. on. But like, if you listen to like, uh, but like the they describe Cloud City as a place for Lando to house people that are trying to get back on their feet. Mm-hmm. Like these people, Cloud City was given an audience for the first time. It's pe- it has. It describes people. the people for the first time. And yep. these are people getting back on their feet, like been yep. spit out by the universe. Like yep. I had immediately had so much more character added to mm-hmm. Lando. Yep. Especially when he's doing the distress call on the PA system and a couple episodes later. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah. He's just, I've, he gives a lot more to the character than what we originally saw. Because I don't. I mean, frankly, in the I movies, like, it might have it might as well have been a Seven Eleven. Like we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know who was yeah. there. It was just a dude. Right. I mean, <laughs> we just saw I mean, a dude. I, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I like Lando. Um, I love Lando, but, but like when I first watched these films, it's like, okay, he's a gambler. He calls Han Han, and it's always like, all right, Han, oh, but don't let me down. All right, you pirate, get going. You know, so, you know, stuff like that. It's just like, but then you just see, I don't know, you learn so much about this character, and it's phenomenal. Um, but Dark Lord's Fury, anything to say about this one? This is when Han gets tortured. So in the carbonite, they don't they don't touch on his torture at all. Uh, when he's getting, when he's getting shocked by the yeah machine. Now he now the thing where he gets pen, uh, pounded down by the guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an interesting uh, turn. I 
I like that. I felt like that was that that's a scene in every like action movie Fun with movie. a jail scene. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and so like it it was campy but it fit the bit. So I feel mm-hmm. like what for me what I really liked about this was the again the camera leans heavily onto uh Lando. And so we get a lot more character development on his end. And we get to see him argue with Leia a lot in this episode. And like yes. really dig into, I'm trying to do what's best for my people. And now I'm getting screwed over and I can't do anything about it because Vader's in my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Vader is objectively pretty evil in this, in this episode. No doubt. He no keeps doubt. He keeps walking all over Lando. Like, mm-hmm. he alters the deal in the movie I am once. altering the deal. Pray to not alter it any further. Mm-hmm. He does that once in the movie. He does it what feels like four times in this. Times in this thing. Yeah. Like, and, and every time, like, Vader does the equivalent of, what are you going to do? What are you going to yeah, do? I'm what- Vader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say something. Execute you? Go ahead. Say something. Um, Say it to my face. Yeah. Watch what happens. <laughs> like that's that's Vader's vibe this whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, let's see. I feel like we're going through this pretty quickly. We're killing it. Yeah, we are. Um, the last two episodes. Let's just roll the last two episodes into one. Yeah, because uh, they gam- they chop, they, have- they apparently chopped up the fight scene. Yeah. So gambler's choice. And a clash of lightsabers. Um, so Gamble's choice really focus. I think it mainly focuses on them getting off of Cloud City and trying to rescue Han, and you know just the trouble with the blast door. Um, they begin the clash of lightsabers with Luke and Vader, but they end that when in Episode Ten. Um, but uh, let me hear your two cents on these two episodes. So, I want to talk about everything else before we talk about the lightsaber battle because this lightsaber fight is the reason why I fell in love with lightsabers. So, mm-hmm. like, I got a lot to say about that. So let's let's lump that together and put that to the side. So, like, uh-huh. the C three PO Lando. Leia and Chewie thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that whole bit was so successfully pulled off in a radio play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think they did such a good job with that. I feel like I have seen much harder, much easier scenes fall flat in these radio plays and much, and like, no harder scenes to translate into just audio do so well. I think like mm-hmm. they kept it compelling. They kept it high energy. They did. I think they did a really good job. They did, you know. And, and I think part of the problem was a lot of these scenes, especially when you're like listening to just a lot of loud sounds, they mesh it together, and it is terrible. In the Lord of the Rings radio dramatizations, even the British ones, even though the British ones are superior to the American ones, um. Narnia is worse because you got a lot of voices, like high-pitched animal voices. And when they're all lumped together, 
it's it just sounds terrible. It sounds like you're listening to a like a like a a badly tuned in radio. Yeah. And they, uh, I feel like they threaded the needle pretty well on that. Um, yes. And we get a full arc with Lando. Like we do. I feel spoiled by this radio play that we get so much beginning, middle, little, and end of Lando. We get too little in the film, and we never even get a goodbye like from Lando in the film. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, yep, they're in the Falcon, and then. But in the film, we get, I mean, in the drama, we get like a, you know, farewell, may the forest be with you. Yep. And um, like the first, when I was really little, the first time I watched these movies, when Lando came up in Return of the Jedi, I was like, wait, who is he? Yeah. I guess yeah. he was, is he important enough to come back? Okay. Yeah. I really forgot about Lando in Return of the Jedi, even though I just watched both of them like back to back. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The exact same. We probably watched the same VHS tapes. Yeah. Well, and you know, and that's why it bothers me a lot that they never used Lando for the sequel trilogy until episode nine. I ooh. because they could have easily because when Rose and Finn are going to look for the master code breaker, Moz Kanonic would have said, Oh, this is who he is, not exactly giving him a name, but we could have seen Lando in that casino. And Lando could have been that master codebreaker. Yeah. And that, that would have been, been that would have been so much more to... fun than a random person that we never right. see again that has no weight to the story. Right. And you know, that would have been that would have been a good thing. For them to have done, you know, bring Lando back into the story, have him, you know, meet Luke again, like the projection of Luke on a crate, you know, with Leia, and you know, have a have a brief heart to heart, you know, about Han. And I mean, the film was long enough; they could have done that. Um, but we're getting off topic. Um, is there anything you want to discuss more with this um, before we dive into the? Uh, the grand finale. <laughs> uh not that I can think of. Okay. So well, let's tackle let's tackle this lightsaber thing. So let me as set the as possible, Yeah. <laughs> let me set the scene for you. So here's the deal. The thing you need to know about this fight between Vader and Luke in the movies is a a scene that happens consistently in samurai films, and even they replicated it in episode seven. Uh, with Ray and Kylo? With Finn and Kylo. Oh, 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 okay. So at the beginning, the weaker, young, uh, the weaker, less experienced opponent is lashing out. And the the stronger opponent is on the defense. Is toy playing with them? Just yeah, putting effort toying into it, doing the dance, not doing a lot. Um, purposefully al allows themselves to be injured so that they can get the adrenaline rush mm -hmm. and get the, the dark side the energy in, so that they can and get in the fight. 
into the fight. Yep. And you could definitely hear that in the saber hum, especially Vader's saber hum, because you could tell he's reposting and then drawing back, lazily drawing back the saber, just waiting for Luke to come at him. Yep. And it, and like in the same way, they, uh, they do this dance of I am going, I am in control. And there is never a moment in this entire fight where Vader is not winning. No. And that is crazy to me. It is. Because he takes mm-hmm. a lot of hits and he does the surprised noise, but like in oh. inevitably, like even with the injuries that he takes throughout the throughout the fight scene in the movie he mm-hmm. never is he like he always like if this was a chess match he's only losing pawns no yeah like yeah. Mm-hmm. he is winning this whole time and luke has no idea mm-hmm. there is it's so yeah the gap it's, between a form 5 master and a master of done mock the ability to cut someone else off of the force or off of light or off of the room around them versus mm. a kid who hung out with a Muppet for like <laughs> who knows how many months? Maybe? Yeah. Definitely not it, a year. No. Like, definitely not a year. We're talking I mean, like. It felt, lo- it felt <laughs> longer. It felt longer in a radio drama, definitely, but not in the film. <laughs> Like, Luke did a semester at Muppet College and then thought he could hang 10 with Vader. And like, yeah. and this scene exemplifies that he is not ready. Ready. And ready. Like, yep. And nope. what I like about, and I like the movie, and I like the radio plays versions of these scenes for completely different reasons. Mm-hmm. In the movie... Well, the movie, you get the visual. Yeah. And you get the, the smoke and the light. But they both, the, the, you know, one thing they don't lack in is length. Right. I mean, this this duel covers two episodes, practically. Right, because they did chop it up. Yeah. So, are, you, are, you, are you happy they chopped it up? Uh... I feel like they knew that this was their money shot, and so they they like postponed the end. Mm-hmm. They're like, find out an episode in the last and final episode, and but like they they wouldn't say that at the beginning. They said that crap at the end, probably. Uh, they do well. Yes, in my. So you think they should have done this for Kenobi, Invader? I I don't know if they should have done this much for Obi-Wan and Kenobi. Uh, uh, Obi-Wan and Kenobi. Obi-Wan and Vader. Um, But, like, the thing that I like about this is that, like, like, the visuals that come with the movie exemplify just how scary Vader is and how unprepared Mm -hmm. Luke is. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, in the radio play, we hear Luke not necessarily winning... But surprising Vader. Vader. And so when the scene comes when Vader says, No, I am your father. No, Luke, I am your father. Join me. And like, there's a yeah. part in the radio play that feels different than the movie. In the movie, he's just desperate. like, It's inevitable. 
join me because there's no other choice. And in right. the radio he play, desperate. he sounds, he sounds desperate. desperate and like earnest. This might be well, the first time Vader speaks the truth. And the truth well, he says is, let's go kill somebody. <laughs> well, not just that. I mean, Luke, I mean, Vader does not know anything about Leia. To him, Luke is like his last surviving link with Padme. Right. So, and, and you know, just, just talk about splitting lightsaber duels up. That really burns me up. The fact that they never actually did this for Return of the Jedi. I'm going to tell you that right now. They crammed all the stuff with Luke, Vader, and Palpatine in the one episode. Really? Except for except for Palpatine's monologue. They did a lot of that in, in the second to last episode. But all of the duel between Luke and Vader happened in the last episode, along with the battle for Endor and the battle for the Death on um, yeah, the second Death Star with not Billy V. Williams Lando. And not uh and not Mark Hamill Luke. No, we have Joshua Joshua Farden for Luke, which you will hear. So like the, this version of Darth Vader came at me hard. This was mm -hmm. good in a way that was purposely different from the movies. Mm -hmm. And I am, I hats off to the actors and the directors that went. Mm -hmm. This was a big step to try to make. Above and beyond. Mm -hmm. To try to make Vader desperate. And like mm -hmm. earnest again. Again, this is like we don't. This whole time, he is untrustworthy to people that he makes deals with, aka mm -hmm. uh, Lando. Lando. This yeah. whole time, he's been lying to Lando and like doesn't care. And this time, <laughs> you really feel like he's ripped his heart open for his son. And so, like, yeah. we get this moment of like, as the audience, we go, "Is it? Is it? Is this for real? Like, this is really big." And we get to see a side of Vader that we don't usually see. And it was so refreshing. Like, it sounded like what I think George Lucas wanted Anakin to sound like. Anakin. Yeah. And, like, that hit me in the feels. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you got to enjoy that. So, mm. um, I just love lightsabers, else? man. That's so good. Just everything want, about that scene. <laughs> do you want? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, the the saving Luke didn't have to be that, as long as it was. No, uh, it's not. I get it. Kind of like it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. Like in. Like in the movie, you can show a lot of B roll. You could you could show a lot of things without making a lot of sound. But like you can't do that in a radio play. You have to have a lot of music for that. Yeah, and you got to talk about it, and you got to say what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a famous uh, radio play that is a satire on radio plays, and it's like how to not do a radio play, and it's called "I Have a Gun in My Hand," and mm -hmm. it's all the sound cues are wrong. You can't tell what anything is happening. Even though they're saying something, you hear something different. And, mm -hmm. like, it, it just exemplifies the fact that, like, you can't... 
even though it's audio, you have to still show, not tell. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can't... uh, So, like, you had to... They had to extend that scene of how Leia finds Luke Mm -hmm. and how they're able to, like, bring everyone back. Like... Uh, how they're able to go and serve and go and get like save him and go get a robot arm and like figure out what we're yeah. gonna do about the de- the new Death Star or whatever what have you or like where's Han you know how to get him away from Jabba yeah you know <laughs> well you know I mean this was released like at the height of Star Wars it was released right before episode, uh, Return of the Jedi came out in the theaters. And after Return of the Jedi came out, the Star Wars really went kind of flat. Like, really quickly. I don't know if... I mean, Lucas number one was burned out. He was in the middle of a divorce. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not. Okay, yeah. He was in the middle of a, of a uh, no, divorce. His wife, Marsha, actually edited the first film. And it was actually... If it wasn't for her, we probably wouldn't have gotten anything after that first film. I think, I mean, a lot of people talk about this too. We think, a lot of people think that she was the one that really saved the project. That's so because, interesting. I did not know that. George Lucas was really under a lot of stress throughout the first film as a director. Um, the second film, he hired one of his friends to direct, but Lucas wasn't happy that he was kind of taking the back seat and that his friend was handling a lot of a lot a lot of stuff that Lucas felt like was a bit maybe I don't know too dark. Maybe that's not the word choice, but definitely Lucas wasn't able to control that director. Um, Return of the Jedi. Lucas was able to control the director for that one and made that film a lot more happy, you know, a happier film than maybe the director wanted. Lucas is kind of a weird fellow. I'm not going to lie. I love Lucas. But after reading that Secrets of the Forest book, there's a lot of stuff in there about Lucas. He's a genius. But I don't know. Maybe some and. of the way he handles his films mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm and a, people, people too. Yeah. But uh, no. One of my favorite things about uh, I might have said this on the podcast already, but I I love this. Uh, a a uh, a big comedian that was uh, big on Adult Swim and Family Guy and a bunch of cartoons. Uh, really, really big cartoons and video games, uh, uh, Seth Green. He, mm-hmm. uh, he ha- was a big part of doing the, the Family Guy parodies uh, of Star Wars, like the multiple parodies, as well mm-hmm. as other parodies uh, like on Robot Chicken, that was his show, and among other things. And so he's been to George Lucas's house, and in George Lucas's house, uh, George's kids were there. And this is like 
after the prequels have come out and like Star Wars is back in vogue and mm-hmm. and like it has solidified itself as this thing that will last forever and mm-hmm. the Seth Green could not get over how George Lucas's kids were just busting his balls. They just they would not give George Lucas the time of day. And like in an interview, Seth Green was like, I just I felt like I needed to like maybe they didn't know who he was. <laughs> maybe um, this well, guy made Star Wars. And so like mm-hmm. and at the same time, he's like eh, like as as like partially offended as I was personally, it also gave me a lot of hope because you no matter how cool you are to is. the whole yeah. world, you are never cool enough for your kids. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, I listened to an interview a couple weeks ago about the dude that played. Um, have you have you watched Monsters at Work? Not yet. Okay, there's a fellow on there named Tyler Tuskman. Okay, a monster, and he has a new. He goes to the factory expecting to be a scare because he got a message saying that he was going to be a scare. Well, they just turned to laughter energy that same day, um, which really bummed him out. Um, I won't go into, into details because that's not our podcast, but his kids are one in three, and they did not get that he was in a TV show. But he was trying to point out to them, oh, look, there's daddy on the screen. And they just were like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. On the other hand, the actor that, that plays Trapper Wolf in The Mandalorian, um, his kids were like pretty excited that he was on screen in, in the Star Wars film. Um, you know, George actually had a couple of his kids in the films. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about I think that. One, one played a senator, which I believe her scene was cut. And the and then one kid, um, they, yeah, they Mike Wazowski her. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was on TV. Um, painful. <laughs> what can I say? The camera loves me. Um, it's the your mom. kid, the, the boy, <laughs> the boy that actually got cut down by the clones when he ran out of the temple. Oh, the. Uh, the lightsaber wielding one? Yes, the pilot. That was Jet Lucas. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. For, like, yeah, that's so cool. All right, that's yeah. really cool. And now you, and then, he, and, he gets, and then he gets whacked. I mean, they how, all got how, whacked, but like, <laughs> yeah, but how sad is that to be a, a kid in your dad's film when your dad kills you off? Oh man, but like, he's gonna be remembered forever. Yeah, that, that's the good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's oh, the, why we <laughs> why were we doing this? That's um, that's the juice, man. That's the good stuff. Yeah, it is. It is the juice. <laughs> hey, juice. We're talking about you. <laughs> Shout out to juice. Um, yeah, the juice. <laughs> where where is the juice? Here it is. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh lord, I think I think we've been dragging on. Uh, any closing have, statements? Where are we going from here? I've, I've been at work all day, boy. I've been at that is my I, I've had pent up energy all day. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot of closing statements. Um, 
Good radio play, good show. Jedi. Well, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there next week with the first uh, three episodes, followed by the second half, four, five, six, and then we will. Um, hopefully, we will get into Star Wars Visions, as we still have some time before the Book of Boba Fett. I think we can crank out something on those before December starts. Definitely, because as far as I know, I haven't heard anything about any new trailers. Um, which we could pick those apart too, but that wouldn't cover a whole episode. That yeah. would probably cover like the news section. Yeah, and that and that would be. A quarter of the episode. Um, I do have some news, some other news I forgot to mention. Yeah, we may have a guest listeners for the first half and hopefully the second half of Return of the Jedi. My brother Drake, who grew up stealing my radio dramas when I had them on CD, um, before I changed over to Audible, um. He's got some thoughts on this radio play. It's probably our least, least favorite of the three radio plays. Um, but he's he's got some thoughts, and I think he's anxious to share with us his views. And I'm happy to welcome him when he inevitably comes on the show. So hopefully he will be available to give us some time next Wednesday. Indeed. And Indeed. also, uh, we are looking to expand. Uh, uh, at this point, I, I'm open to uh, uh, people that also have uh, stuff that uh, stuff they want to say that are uh, connected to us in some way. If you want to be part of the SU three five two crew, because it all True. rhymes. Um, yes. please contact us, uh, on our email or through our Instagram. Instagram. Speaking of which, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, maybe join the crew. We have a Facebook page at Special Unit 352. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at SU352podcast. Uh, our email is... SU352 at gmail.com. And you can email us about anything... You desire if you want to hear more of Max's lightsaber jibe, you can um, email us about that. I give you some deals. <laughs> Do you want to buy some dev sticks? <laughs> I want to no, go uh, I think, my life. Yeah, I think Max wants to go home and rethink his life right now. But yeah, you can email us anytime, um, any hour. Well, actually, no, not any hour. Don't email us at night. Truly, because I will actually wake up and respond to you. <laughs> no matter how tired I am, I will wake up and I will respond to you. All right. my, phone will, my phone has a BB-8 alert for my email. <laughs> and I hear a where? If I hear that, I'm going to wake up. Absolutely the, wake him up. Please do. Yep. I will. <laughs> first, first words I'm going to say are, who you? <laughs> or, I don't know, something like that. But please rate all... 
I think that's I'm it. Have, yeah. Please rate yep. and review us on your favorite podcast listening app because that will help us show up in algorithms. Uh, we look forward to hearing, uh, looking forward to talking with you guys next week and having you join the SU-352 crew. And as Peyton always says, May the force be with you.